Chapter 13, Impression of a Dream. The family moved to the suburb of Cabarita in Sydney as 1928 was drawing to a close. The house at 15 Stamford Avenue was close to the Fredrickson family, who lived beside Hen and Chicken Bay on Sydney Harbour. Hen and Chicken Bay was on the south side of the harbour and west of the city centre. Mr Fredrickson fenced off a section of the bay as a swimming pool. The Harker family was invited to swim there during the summer and to sail in the Fredrickson's small sailing boat. One of the Fredrickson children, Wall, had a little old automobile that kept Stanford and Eric busy. They helped him push it up a nearby hill and upon reaching the top, they all jumped in and took turns steering it down the hill. Harold wasted no time in organising the church for missionary activity in the new year. He worked with the Stanmore Missionary Volunteers, the Youth Society, to distribute magazines to Sydney's visiting ships. A layman's tent mission was organised for Leichhardt, two suburbs to the north of Stanmore. Harold was assisted by brother Arthur Shannon. By July, eight people made the decision to be baptised and there were six more on the verge of this decision. Others were interested. One evening at the Leichhardt Tent Mission, a lady and her teenage son stayed behind after the meeting. The lady asked if she could talk to Harold. She and her son had read in the Bible, Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. James 5:14 and 15. The young man suffered from epilepsy and could not hold a job because of it. His mother requested that Harold anoint her son in accordance with Scripture. Harold talked with them and then did as they requested, praying for the boy's healing according to their faith in God. When the opportunity came to move closer to the Stanmore Church in mid-year, Harold moved the family to Lewisham, two suburbs to the west of Stanmore. It was here that Harold had an amazing experience which revealed that God had reasons for placing Harold in Lewisham beyond mere convenience. Harold wrote up the experience which was published in the Australasian Record, September 23, 1929, under the title, The Impression of a Dream. About two months ago, a gang of over 200 men were laying heavy voltage cables underground along the road just outside our house. As I was watching them one day, a motor car pulled up on the corner of the street and I noticed the men put down their tools and walked toward the car. I concluded it must be payday, for as each man went up to the car, I noticed he was given a closed envelope. I watched the men take their envelopes, open them, and take out several new pound notes and some silver the notes invariably being put into one pocket, the silver into another. Opposite where the car stood was a large hotel, and a number of the men went in. I felt I wanted to go and stop them, for it was the middle of winter. Work had been scarce, and I knew by reports that there was a lot of poverty about. I just felt I wanted to go over and ask the men to let me take their wages straight home to their wives, but I knew that would not do. I went home wondering what I could do to help them. That same night I had a dream. The burden of it was, God is depending on you to give those men the message while they are near your door. So impressive was the dream that I immediately arose and dressed. It was 4am. Going to my study, I knelt down and told the Lord that I accepted the responsibility, 
but that I must have a definite message to give them, one that would appeal to them. My prayer was immediately answered. I was to take two of my charts, the mystic ladders and the world lost in sin, and speak to them, making an appeal to them to commence the ascent of this wonderful ladder to heaven. At lunch hour the next day, I went across to where the men were eating their dinner and gave them each a copy of the signs of the times to read. And as I did so, I told them that I planned to address them the next day at the same hour. Next day I took my chart stand and charts to the corner of the street and after allowing them time to eat their lunch, I spoke to them for 20 minutes. They gave me a most attentive hearing. While I was addressing them, several vehicles passed and some of the occupants called out. These were silenced by the men and told to move on. Before finishing my first address, I had about 20 or more children around the chart and as I was addressing the men on both sides of the road, the breeze that was blowing would turn my chart around so all could see it. I continued these meetings as long as the men were in my street. I spoke on Daniel 2, the signs of Christ's coming, capital versus labour, and the need of a preparation to meet Jesus. At the close of each meeting, a number of men would thank me and ask for more literature. Some said they had never heard such a grand solution to the capital and labour question. I felt as I spoke to these men that Jesus loved them, and there were some hearts among them I felt sure were being impressed. At the South New South Wales camp meeting held at Westmead Park near Parramatta from October 8 to 20, 1929, Harold was one of the evening speakers for the meetings which were attended by many of the local residents. At the camp, Harold was asked to remain at Stanmore Church. From Lewisham, the family moved to 23 Northcote Street, Haberfield. The house was more suitable for the family than the one at Lewisham. It was also the nicest house that the family had been in since Devonport, Tasmania. Laura, Winifred, Stanford and Eric were working and their board assisted with the rent. Glorious sunshine and a mild breeze greeted the first Sabbath of the new year at Stanmore Church. Harold preached the sermon for the divine service and after a few introductory remarks, the meeting was given over to the members' testimonies of God's goodness and mercy to them in the previous year. After this, those in attendance separated into groups of men and women and repaired to different rooms for the ordinance of humility. In this ordinance, enjoined upon believers in John 13, 14 to 17, members chose a partner and then washed each other's feet in an act of humility preparatory to the communion service or Lord's Supper, in which 98 members and visitors participated. In February, Harold went with Pastor C.H. Parker, the conference president, Pastor Charles Head and Brethren W.S. Wren and T.J. Bradley to Dubbo, Wellington and adjacent towns for four days to collect donations door to door for the Appeal for Missions campaign, collecting 80 pounds and opening four homes for Bible study, including that of a young lady in Dubbo. All but Pastor Parker and Brother Bradley then went to the south coast for four days and brought back 65 pounds. This was an excellent result as the Great Depression was beginning to be felt in Australia. Harold conducted another tent mission in Leichhardt in 1930 and 14 new Sabbath keepers began attending the Stanmore Church with plans to be baptised. As the weather turned cold, 
the tent was taken down and the interested ones were invited to Sunday night meetings in the Stanmore Church. In July, at a Sabbath morning service, Harold baptised four people. One candidate was a Serbian man who had travelled more than 200 miles to be baptised. He could not speak English very well and his brother had recently lost his job on account of his desire to keep the Sabbath. Harold advertised his plight in the Australasian record in August. Harold attended the Australasian Union Conference session which commenced on September 4 as a delegate for the South New South Wales Conference. November 6-16, Harold attended the South New South Wales Conference and Camp Meeting at Concord Park. The evening meetings were packed with residents from surrounding suburbs and the interest generated needed to be followed up. Harold, supported by brother James Lawson and sister Elsie Moran, commenced a mission in one of the small pavilions at Concord Park the first Sunday after the camp meeting finished. That gave them time to find a suitable block for the tent mission. They were directed to a vacant block just several minutes walk from Concord Park and beside the tram line near Burwood. On the second Sunday after the camp meeting finished, the tent was ready and the advertising done. Their efforts were rewarded with a good attendance which steadily increased over time until every available seat was taken. Within several months, 50 meetings had been held, covering many phases of the Adventist message, including lectures on Australian diseases by Dr George Hardwick and lectures by dietitian O. Hellestrand. Pastor Reuben Hare, the new conference president, gave a Magic Lantern lecture on the life of Christ, and Pastor W.G. Turner, gave a Magic Lantern lecture on the worldwide work of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. The lectures helped to deepen the interest. The close proximity of the Concord Church also helped Harold and his team. The prayers and attendance of church members were encouraging, and in many instances church members were able to direct the mission team to homes that opened for Bible study. In his report published on April 20, 1931, Harold informed the readers of the Australasian record that 33 persons were baptised since the Concord camp meeting began the previous November. More than half of these were won to the cause at the tent mission, while the remainder had taken their stand prior to the camp meeting, but needed the instructions since given. In addition to those baptised, there were another 20 or more who were attending the Concord church, and still more who were seriously considering the messages given. Mission staff members were kept busy studying the Bible with these people. At the Ordinance of Humility conducted before the Communion service, there were 85 in attendance, with many watching or participating for the first time. Harold indicated that the impression left was deep, and if the interest continued to grow, the Concord Church would need to give serious attention to extending the church building. He hoped and prayed that such would be the case. In concluding his report, Harold thanked his fellow labourers and those who helped and continued to help in the mission, finishing with these words, For the success so far obtained, we give our blessed Lord all the praise, to him be all the glory. The mission continued and the tent was moved to a new location with no loss of interest. A little intensity was added to the work of the mission when a controversy arose over the invitation for Pastor Hare to participate in Anzac Day services at Concord. Eight members of the local clergy boycotted the service 
because they believed that Seventh-day Adventist teaching on the state of the dead dishonoured fallen soldiers. A request was made for Pastor Hare, whose Anzac Day address was described as brilliant in one of the letters that was published in the Concord and District News to state the Seventh-day Adventist position. He spoke to an audience of more than a thousand at the largest theatre in Concord, stating the biblical position as upheld by the church and indicating that the Adventist position was held by some other denominations. Pastor Hare drew attention to biblical passages that testify to the unconscious state of humans in death, including Ecclesiastes 9, 5 and 6, Psalm 146, 3 and 4 and 6, 5 and 115, 17, and questioned how this could be seen as dishonouring fallen soldiers. The Sydney Morning Herald and other newspapers also reported on the controversy and the editors provided space for the church to make a statement. The calculated boycott failed and the mission benefited from the positive publicity that it generated for the church. The Concord tent mission continued into the winter and attendances remained high. In June, Harold held a baptism in the Stanmore Church when 16 from the mission were baptised and two were admitted to church fellowship by previous baptism and profession of faith. Twelve others were preparing for baptism. In all, Harold reported 56 baptisms since the Concord camp meeting. Some of these were people with whom Brother Lawson had studied the Bible, and at least eight were young people who had grown up in the church. Harold and his team continued their momentum when another mission was opened in a hall at Mortlake, two suburbs to the north, running concurrently with the Concord mission. At the camp meeting in October, Harold was asked to relocate to Bathurst, west of Sydney, to take charge of the work there. Like Sydney, Bathurst was in the South New South Wales Conference. Laura, Winifred, Stanford and Eric remained in Sydney, while Phyllis, Raymond and Jack accompanied Harold and Anne to Bathurst. The family arrived in December 1931, Harold began work immediately.